Thank you, Graham, and good morning, everybody. Welcome again to St. John's. My name's Andrew. I'm the Assistant Minister here. It's great to share with you today, and I think about White Space Christmas. So, as Tim said, today we're thinking more and more again about how we celebrate uh, Christmas and what we do at this time of year. And we talked a bit about white space as a, top, as a concept and what it means, and how, how we're thinking about how we can deal with the clutter around Christmas and get back to what's at the heart uh, of this particular celebration. So white space, as we've said a few times, is a design idea. You use it in books, you use it in websites to emphasise what's actually really important and what people need to know. Um, MasterChef also tells me that white space is something that people do on plates as well to emphasise the food uh, that's important. Now, I don't, I'm not quite satisfied with that plate. Probably a bit of few chips on the side might uh, balance the plate out a bit. But you get the idea. There's actually, um, it gives you a space to know what's really uh, what we should be focusing on. So we're thinking about that at Christmas. How do we actually focus on what's important? And last week, Kirk spoke about the idea, as Tim said, of spending less at Christmas uh, to make some space and the way in which we can actually become enslaved to money and the cycle of debt and consumerism at this time of year and the way that that actually stops us uh, from celebrating and from worshipping God. Today is the flip side of that topic, spend less, and we're thinking about give more. So what does it mean to actually engage helpfully with the idea of giving and generosity at Christmas, which is such a big theme of this uh, time of year? So to come to grips with this topic today, we have to come to grips with a man who is at the centre of the Christmas season, a man who holds in his hands the hopes and dreams of millions of people, a man we are waiting patiently for him to come with our prayers and hopes. And of course, I'm talking about Santa. My pro presenter, uh, that would have been more uh, dramatic. Anyway, Santa. The man at the centre of Christmas. Of course, we just read a story that seemed to say that Jesus was what Christmas is about, but it's true. It's true, isn't it, that Santa, um, and what Santa represents, he actually holds the centre place, really, in the popular celebration of Christmas, uh, far more so than Jesus, really, if we think about what we do during December. So there's really no chance of us celebrating the birth of Jesus properly without figuring out what we're going to do with Santa and with his big sack of presents uh, that he brings with him. And I think we can learn a lot about generosity from thinking about the differences between Santa and Jesus when it comes to giving gifts. Um, Christians are sometimes a bit negative about Santa. I think he can be a bit of fun and uh, brings a bit of uh, enjoyment to the season. And, and parents here, I know you're worried about what I might say about Santa, but I'm not going to spoil any fun today, so don't worry. Um, but when we think about Santa, we think about Christmas presents, gifts, and what, it mean, and what they mean. So have you ever wondered what Christmas would be like if we didn't give each other presents, if we didn't have this as a tradition as part of the season? I think it would be a lot different. Um, almost nothing, I think, of what we recognise as the festive season would remain if we took away the tradition of buying each other gifts at this time of year. You know, so basically without gift giving, just, there wouldn't be much going on in December uh, out of the ordinary, really. Christmas would probably just really still be another day on the, Christmas, on the uh, church calendar. You know, we have Pentecost Sunday, All Saints Day, another special day for Christians. Not too exciting for most people out there. Uh, there would be no Christmas sales, there would be no Christmas carols playing 24-7 for the remote, about a month, no Christmas decorations everywhere, no Christmas specials on television. 
there will be, um, we probably just have a bit of an end of year party, maybe give a few, the, the kids a few treats. And for hundreds of years, that's basically what Christmas was. Um, a short period where people remembered the birth of Jesus and had a bit of a, a party about it. But sometime in the last century, um, retailers discovered the amazing power of gift giving as a way of encouraging people to spend money. And that's, that's what's turned Christmas into what it is today. It's a very significant event in the global economy. And economists forecast that this year Australians will spend about $9 billion on Christmas gifts. In, here in Victoria, we'll just spend $2.5 billion, so not, not that much, really. But uh, the average Australian spends $600 a year on Christmas presents. And half of the money that's spent on Christmas um, gifts goes on, is going to be put on credit cards for us to pay later. Um, I think if we look at that number and, and what it means, I think that m most of us and m most people I speak to sort of realise there's probably something a little off uh, with, our, with, the, with our system and this whole system of shopping around Christmas time. We're not, we realise there's probably something a bit weird about that. Um, that this is probably taking a little too much of our, of our time and our money this time of year. This system of shopping is sort of doing something to us that we don't really like. Um, two weeks ago, Tim talked about, um, in the first of this sermon series, about um, worship fully, worshipping God as being the centre of the Christmas season. And if there's one thing that stops us from spending time at Christmas in worshipping God, in thinking about Jesus, drawing closer to him, if there's something that stops us from having enough white space in our lives for that, it's the need to do our Christmas shopping. Um, now, does anyone here actually enjoy doing Christmas shopping? It's all right, you can admit it, I don't mind. I'll give you my list, you can go and do it for me. So, um, But really, I mean, there's not many people really to say that. And you know, I think shopping centre car parks at Christmas time is basically a dress rehearsal for hell. If you want to know what, if you've ever wondered what hell is like, it's trying to find a car park at Christmas, okay? So it's, we know, we know this, it's not quite right. And people have realised for a long time this is a bit of a problem. Since, you know, since even you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago, you can find people writing articles worrying about the excess at Christmas, um, the Christmas rush and what it meant. And it just gets more every year. We have more money, there's more to buy, we're more sophisticated in the marketing that we have. So um, there's a lot going on. So, but all of this, though, this $9 billion, is in service of something that's actually very good. It's in service of generosity and of giving. That's why we do it. We want to give. However, I think the way that we give at Christmas really challenges us and should to think again about whether we really understand the heart of generosity. So as I said before, Santa's fun, but Santa actually can offer us a mirror for what we really think about generosity. And um, as our culture changes, Santa tends to change in the way that we think about him and, and gifts and giving and all that part of it. And if you look at Christmas and the way we do generosity at Christmas, I think you can find, um, we often think of generosity in, in terms that I put up there. You know, we think about generosity in terms of uh, quantity, in terms of how much we buy, in merit and obligation. So let's think a bit about those things. So um, one way we often think about Christmas, um, generosity at Christmas time, is it's about how much I give. It's about um, the amount of gifts we buy, the amount of presents under the tree, and the amount of money that we've spent. That's what makes someone generous, the sheer physical quantity of things we bestow on each other. There was a great example of um, generous giving about 10 years ago uh, in an episode of Oprah that you might have seen. Let's watch a little a bit of that. Can we get the um, sound for that? Thanks, Mick. 
you have... Okay, everybody, listen. Here we go. Here Thank you. Here is the deal. If your box has a key, you will be the last person today to get one of those cute little G6s. Okay? Who will it be? Are you ready? Hold on. Are you ready? JR is back in our audio booth. I want, you know, JR, this calls for a drum roll. Cue the drum roll. All right, open your boxes. Open your boxes. One, two, three. Everybody gets a car. If there's something more generous than giving one person a car, it's giving several hundred people a car. Um, now, our ushers are going to bring out some bo no, uh, boxes. Um, so we think, you want, to be, you want to be really generous? You give more. I mean, people still think Oprah's very generous for doing that. Um, she may have had her own reasons, though. Um, and if you think about Santa, what does his workshop look like? This is what these guys have to do on Christmas Eve work very hard to produce all the things that we want because we want to be generous. You know, and it seems fun in the, in the cartoons that I've seen, but I'm sure it might be a bit hard for them. Um, so quantity. We think about generosity in terms of how much we give. So if we go back again, so the next thing we think about is merit, actually. And this is an idea that comes up quite a lot in Christmas, um, particularly around Santa and what, he, what we believe about um, or his story, that actually generosity is about giving things to people who deserve it. Have you ever listened to the lyrics of Santa Claus is coming to town? Have you ever seriously had a look at that? Um, it literally says to children that the only, they can only expect to receive gifts if they've been good. This is the message. Uh, if you've been good enough, I'll be generous to you as long as you've earned it. You know, he knows if you've been bad or good, so be good, for goodness sake. Um, so merit. We actually think a lot about generosity. Do people de deserve what they get? And the third way that often we experience generosity at Christmas is, this is the most probably one that we experience a bit the most difficult, which is obligation. And the fact is that if you look at, think about what the presents that you give to people, Probably a large number of them, maybe even most, are things that you have to give, really, or you have to give someone something, um, because there's a social expectation that we will. So if you don't give, you will be seen as stingy or mean or ungrateful. I just must do it. So Kirk talked last week, you know, about spending less at Christmas. You know, our white space is filled with consumerism. But you try to spend less. But I have to buy these things, because if I don't, you know what will happen. People will think badly of you. We have this obligation to be generous. So what I'm saying is that this time of, this time of year, Santa, Christmas, and now giving around it, is a sort of mirror for us around how, how we understand what it means to be generous, what, why we give. And basically, it reflects a belief that is out there and probably part of our culture without even maybe being examined, that generosity is about how much I give, the quantity of money I spend or the amount of things that I give, that actually people should only really get what they deserve and that um, we need to give things to people regardless of how much it costs us. Um, so, you know, half our money on, on Christmas gifts is spent on credit cards because we must, okay? So, so this, this accounts for the reason why the Christmas season sometimes feels a bit, a bit much for us all, I think. So it's worth thinking about our motivations. Now, I know when I talk this way, because when I do, um, you know, people, people don't, I mean, it's, Christmas time can be a fun time, and if you talk about Christmas gift giving in a cynical way, there is a figure that is sometimes invoked, um, a children's character, the Grinch. <laughs> 
Does everyone know who the Grinch is? So he's a character in a Dr. Seuss book, and he doesn't like people having fun, so he wants to spoil Christmas by stealing everyone's uh, presents from them, uh, because he hates fun. So if you and, if we, and if we start to criticise the gift-giving, I know that the Grinch will come up, because people do um, have mentioned that to me a number of times, because I am actually a bit of a natural Grinch when it comes to Christmas gifts. I was being reminded before the service that I declared myself a pessimist a while ago, so I don't know if I make myself look great in my sermons, but, um, you know, because I, I happen to have the kind of personality where gifts don't mean that much to me. I, you know, I don't really mind what I get or if I get anything. And if you, if you give me a gift, I probably won't remember what it was <laughs> a few days later. Um, this is a, there's a bit of a joke between me and the members of my family about this, that they, really, they often value, they value gifts a lot, and they can't believe in their hearts that I don't mind not just getting a voucher every year. So. Um, but So perhaps I'm not the best person to talk about gift-giving, but I think um, the Grinch actually probably has a point, that there is something wrong with the way um, Christmas is, uh, generosity is practised at Christmas, and that we probably need to think a bit more about that. What are our motivations? Because it's become something it wasn't meant to be. Um, if you're a parent, one of the big struggles that you have at this time of year is the focus that kids are, are taught to have on presents. And how do we actually forget them to focus on Jesus? So I want to think a bit more about giving and what it might be more positive. So what I'm going to suggest is we need to go back again to the original Christmas story and think again about what it says about gifts and what it says about generosity. And we read part of that story today uh, in our Bible reading from Matthew 1. And what we find if we look at the story of the birth of Jesus is that it's actually a story of incredible generosity uh, because the heart of the Christmas story is about God giving a very special and a very amazing gift to the world. So verse 23 of our reading from Matthew chapter 1, that's the key verse today, because it says that Jesus has a special name or title. In addition to being called Jesus, God says, um, he's also identified with this figure from the prophet Isaiah, Emmanuel. Um, and that means God with us. So this is one of the names of Jesus, God with us, Emmanuel. And so that's not just a name that, that Matthew puts in. It's actually meant to be a lesson for us about who Jesus is. He is God with us. So if we think about gifts and generosity, what the name Emmanuel tells us is that Christmas is about God giving the world a gift, about God giving the greatest of all gifts, which is himself. God has given himself to the world to be with us. Uh, as Christians, we often talk about the idea of grace. Um, now, grace is a bit of a special theological word, but if you wanted to translate it another way, you could just say gift. That's what it means. So when we say that God is gracious, when we say God's shown me grace, what we're saying is that God has actually given me something as a gift. He's given me something that I didn't earn, doesn't cost me anything, and he's given it to me, in a, maybe I could never have earned it. Um, that's what grace means. And so God has given us grace at Christmas. He's given us a gift, which is the birth of Jesus, his own personal presence in the world. Um, and grace is, a real, I think, a really important idea for us to understand at Christmas because when we're thinking about generosity and giving, because grace is the very opposite of all those things I just said before, of giving in quantity, of giving in merit, and of giving out of obligation. So if we're thinking about giving more at Christmas, we need to get to, more, to the heart of learning more about grace and what it means. How do we receive grace from God and how do we give it to each other? And it means actually learning to give the way that God gives. 
Um, because God's gifts have, have nothing to do with spending money on things. And so if we, look at, if we look at God's gift to us at Christmas, if we look at what he's given us in Jesus, I think there's three things that we can say that it shows us about the way that God gives. Um, so God gives, so we can see in Jesus, that actually when God gives us something, he gives us something personal. So God came personally. That was his gift to us. He came directly in a relationship himself, Jesus Christ was God with us. One of the problems that we have when we give is often we give impersonally. We buy something for someone, an object or an item. It might not have that much, you know. And a $30 gift from me is, is, is pretty much the same as a $30 gift from anyone else. But God doesn't give something that anyone could give. God gives his own self. He gives personally to us. Um, in, in <clears throat> he comes to be with us. So God gives personally. Um, in a way that really me, uh, means something. Secondly, when God gives in Jesus, he gives us freely. Okay? So God, when God gives, and we see in Jesus, God doesn't weigh up the merit of the person that he's giving to. He doesn't think about whether or not he's obliged to give it. God gives because God loves and because it's his, in his nature to give. And so he gives freely. I'm going to give of myself. Um, and God's gift of himself was a, really a sacrificial gift. Uh, Jesus gave up the glory of heaven to come and be God with us. He embraced a life of suffering and death to save us. And God gave freely. We didn't earn it. We don't deserve it. God gave freely out of his love. And finally, God gives what is needed. None of God's gifts are trivial. None of them are meaningless. You know, God doesn't just go to the gift store to find something that looks good. Um, he gives us what we really need. So in, in Jesus, he did that. You know, like many of you, I, probably, I have a wish list of what I'd like at Christmas. But when I look at that, I realise that there's nothing on there that I need. Um, and I don't think any of the gifts that I receive this year are going to be things that I really need. You know, that might be the case for most of us. But you know what I do need? I need to be forgiven from my sin. And you know, I'm going to die one day and I need to have hope. In, in life with God. And that's what Jesus has come to give us. He's come to give us the things that we actually need, a living relationship with God, freedom and, and transformation. So God's given us what we needed. So this is how he gives. He gives personally. He gives freely and he gives us what is needed. And that's, it. that's in contrast, isn't it, to how we think about generosity at Christmas. Um, there are, I've, I've got two texts to show you that demonstrate the difference. So there's one from uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town again, which... Um, Again, it's a song that's very worth reading. This is how Santa thinks about giving. He's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty or nice. Okay. That's Christmas giving. And here's what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 9. He said, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done. So none of us can boast about it. Can you see the difference? This is a difference between merit and grace. It's a difference between obligation and grace. It's a difference between giving um, with conditions and giving freely. And so what I'm saying is we're thinking about giving more. We're not talking about spending our more money. We're actually talking about learning to give the way that God gives personally, freely, according to the needs of others. So let's just think of a few examples of what that might mean. Um, what does it mean to give personally? What does it mean to give out of grace? 
So let's, uh, the helpful thing is to ask, well, if God gives personally, he gives us himself. And how can we give ourselves to each other? How can we give something that no one else apart from us can give? What do I have that no one else has? I have myself. My time, my attention, my words, my own actions, my own strength, my own gifts and abilities. So an example of this kind of gift might be giving someone the gift of our time uh, to listen to them and pay attention to what's going on in their lives. Um, there's a spiritual writer, Christian writer, David Augsburg says, um, being listened to is so close to being loved that most people cannot tell the difference. Most people, to, list, to, to feel listened to is to feel loved. All of us know how rare it is to be listened to properly. When's the last time that someone actually listened to what was on your heart? Um, people pay hundreds and thousands of dollars <laughs> to get counsellors to listen to them. Um, so if this is a gift that you can give someone, it's a very personal gift. You must give yourself. You must give your time, your attention, your energy, compassion um, and presence. So this is what a sort of personal gift looks like. Maybe giving someone half an hour just to, tell, to talk about what's going on in their life. That's a costly gift. It's a free gift. Um, can't be bought. And it's something that people desperately need. It's actually something that we need. I don't need another you know, trinket, but I need someone to listen to me. So that's one gift. Um, another gift might be, try, might be actually thinking about white space. Um, how do you give someone the gift of white space? Uh, the most precious commodity that we have in our lives is time. And uh, one of the things that we lack at this time of year is time. So if you want to give someone a nice gift, maybe give, you could give them some time by taking some of their responsibilities for a while so that they can get to spend time with God. Um, we were talking about this at Sunday at 6 last week and someone made the, a suggestion, which I think is fantastic, of giving parents time at Christmas uh, where you look after their kids for them. You know, it really spoke to me as a gift. That would, ma would make a lot of difference to the ability of, some people, of many people to worship God and to know him better, to spend time with him. And that's a precious gift, isn't it? A, a, a personal gift. I'll give you my time. Um, that's the most precious thing I have. It's what people need. Um, another white space gift might actually be, and this is something that as a church we should reflect on, um, giving each other the grace of freeing each other from our obligations to each other at Christmas. Um, Christmas presents, we've said, they're a burden to us, aren't they? The cost of them and the need to give them. What if we just were able to say to each other, that's an obligation that I forgive you of this year, Okay. And I know this is actually this is, would be a very hard thing to say because the obligation is incredibly strong. You know what you know what you know what happens when you go over to someone's house um, and and they say, oh, you don't need to bring anything. Um, there was a yeah, um, Bruce, I got that. Sorry. You know when you're told not to bring a thing, um, you know, oh, you don't need to do anything. Don't bring any presents. That's okay. So it would actually be very countercultural to say you don't need to give me anything. I mean it. That's your gift to me. Um, and that's very hard. And, but at the very least, we can start to divert our attention away from, I, I need people to give me things. And that's um, why the tier useful gift stall is actually a helpful thing, because it helps us think, well, if I, need, if I have an obligation to give, um, can you give me something that's a bit more useful, that actually um, does something in the world? So maybe that's a way of thinking, can I give someone the gift of setting them free of the need to put more money on their credit card in order to give me a present? So... 
those are some ideas, and I would encourage you to have the conversation after the service about this kind of giving um, and what you could give personally to each other. So in our giving, then, we can find alternatives to buying things for people and things that cost money. But that doesn't mean in a white space Christmas that the goal is that we don't give presents to each other. Um, but the, the, that we actually change the way that we do things so that we can, we can be really generous with each other, often which we can't because we've, so, we've got so much on. We've got too much time uh, taken up with buying things. So, you know, I'm not saying don't give presents. I'm not actually the Grinch uh, today. I don't think we should stop doing that. Um, but when we do give presents, perhaps um, it would be good for us to use this year to... Um, remind us that actually we do need to renew often our attitude to the physical things that we buy, to objects and to their significance. Um, because one of the things that Christmas shows us is that God actually cares about the physical world. He became a person. He took on flesh, became a body. And the physical world actually matters to God. It's actually got significance to it. And gifts, or, gifts of objects are not just things with a price tag attached. They're actually part of creation. They have significance and value and they mean things and they show us about who God is. And so the goal shouldn't be that we do away with giving people things because God gave us a thing, but that actually we give more meaning to the gifts that we, when we do buy them. Um, you know, you, know you, all, you all know that there are some gifts that people have given you that are so meaningful that you'll remember them forever. I mean... Not me. I, I, as I said, I don't, I don't remember anything. But, you know, people who do love gifts, you know, oh, that gift they gave me for years, I remember that. Um, just after our reading today, in Matthew chapter 2, we have the story of some of the most memorable Christmas presents of all time, which were the gifts that the wise men um, came uh, and gave to Jesus after he was born. So, you know, they all brought him gold, frankincense and myrrh. And these weren't just presents that they stopped by the shopping centre in Bethlehem or Nazareth or on the way through to pick up. Um, they were actually special gifts that reflected who Jesus was and they were significant, they meant something. So gold is a gift for a king and they were saying this is the king that God has sent. The frank frankincense is used in worship. They're saying this is someone who is going to lead us to God to worship him. And myrrh is a spice that you use to embalm um, dead bodies. And they're saying, this is someone who's going to die for us. And he says, these are symbols of who Jesus was. These are actually meaningful things. They reflect a deep insight into the person that, that's receiving them. So if we have to buy gifts for each other, this is the ideal, really, of what they should be. Actually things that are meaningful, that actually tell us about God and tell us about, about each other. So, but we can't do that if we just have to buy so many things and we have no white space, if it's just the number of presents and the quantity um, that we have to worry about. So I think this is, this, is the, this is the start of the conversation that I think we'd like to have about gifts and presents and what it means for us. Um, I know, though, that being human beings, when we start talking about this sort of topic, uh, the result is that most of us will start to feel guilty um, about what we give. You know, um, oh, do I, am I giving enough? Do, am I spending too much money on useless things? Um, should I, I don't have time to give personally? And, you know, it's, it's, it is, it's very hard. And I think if that's where the last few weeks of this series gets us, and that's probably a shame because um, the real point about thinking about spending less and giving more is really not to, to say, oh, we need to try harder to become better people <laughs> at, at Christmas and to do more but actually to, rem to think about what Christmas means. Um, because the, this topic at Christmas reminds us that there are actually 
sort of powers in the world and in our pattern of living that are stopping us from knowing God better. Um, and Christmas brings that up for us and shows us where that's the case. I think it might be helpful to see Christmas as a kind of health check um, of our spiritual lives because Christmas magnifies everything in the culture um, that's perhaps hidden away during the rest of the year and shows us what's there and, and how much we're enmeshed within it. So uh, am I a slave to consumerism and the demands of money? Well, that'll come out this time of year because I won't be able to stop spending money on things. Um, am I, do, I, do I feel the need? Um, am I sort of in a chain of obligation? Uh, do I give in order to feel good about myself or to you know, uh, build relationships? Well, that'll come out at Christmas too. So what we need to actually think about is, well, what does this tell me about my relationship to God and my need to seek him? And do I need to seek freedom from this? Because that's the freedom that Jesus came to bring, freedom um, from this kind of slavery. So, you know, so just to be clear, I'm not saying today, okay, we've got our ordinary Christmas, let's celebrate that, and on top of that, let's give all these personal, wonderful, creative gifts. Because that's just that's a huge burden. I wouldn't want to put that on anyone. It's actually just to say, do we need, and to reflect on how we might change the way we approach giving. Um, and that's something that may take us a long time to wrestle with. Maybe all the Christmas presents are in the cupboard already, um, maybe next year, let's think about um, why we're buying these things and what for, why are we giving, and is there, is, there, is there a way we can change in small ways to start with. But I think um, the best thing to take away today would be the understanding of what's the heart of Christmas. And as I said, grace is at the heart of Christmas. Okay? Grace, God's grace. You know, Christmas is not about taking part in the mass production and distribution of gifts making sure that everyone gets what they deserve and gets what they're obliged. Christmas is about grace. It's about God's gift to us and receiving that into our lives. So Jesus is God with us. At Christmas, there is nothing else that we need apart from that. There is nothing else that we really need but God with us. And so if we give... It needs to be from grace too, freely, personally, because God's given to us, not because something, some system tells us that we need to give. And so that means we will end up spending less of our money and giving more of ourselves as God gives. And that's our goal as we reflect on give more today. So I'd like to pray for us though as we think about this and, and how it applies to our lives. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have given yourself to us. We pray that we would have the ability to receive your grace, to give personally, freely, and what is needed out of the abundant um, gifts that you've given us. And where we are trapped, Lord, in cycles of spending and obligation, please set us free and give us the courage to make changes where we can. And we pray that we would give each other forgiveness and grace and support at this time of year uh, to so that we can come and worship you together. And we pray all this in your name. Amen.